you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good morning, good morning. Welcome into Good Morning Football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We are live in New York City, Thursday, December 7th. I'm Colleen Wolf in for Jamie Erdahl. She'll be back on Monday. That's right. I think she'll be back on Monday. Um, but I'm here for now with Jason McCourty, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt. Happy to be here. I'm excited. Happy to have you. I have been New York Citying all over the place. That I want a video of you knocking out triple axles at the Rockefeller. There you okay. go. Honestly, I'll, I'll that's how the East German video. judge score, right? No problem. I'll build a segment out of that. <laughs> that right. is a perfect way to get to the lead block. Okay, a massive showdown this weekend. The 10 and 2 Eagles take on the 9 and 3 Cowboys. It's a battle for the East. It's a battle for the one seed. Just a massive game for both of these teams. The Eagles are coming off that blowout loss and to make matters worse, they have to head to Dallas where the Cowboys have a 14-game home winning streak. It's like they never lose there. Nick Sirianni was asked about playing Dallas on their turf yesterday. In this league, every little thing matters, right? Playing at home matters, and, you know, that, that can give you an advantage. And, and obviously, they've done a really nice job of taking advantage of that, you know, uh, them being on their turf, them being, you know, with their home crowd. To say they're playing a different style, I wouldn't say that I notice anything like that. But, you know, they sure as heck have been really good at home. Um, so it'll be a challenge for us. It will definitely be a challenge. Let's check the NFC playoff picture before week 14. Very crowded at the top. The Eagles in that one seed spot, but the Niners, the Lions, and the Cowboys all have nine wins. So it's a pivotal weekend around the league for everybody, but especially in the NFC because it's such a tight race now. So if the Cowboys make it 15 home wins and hand the Eagles another loss, mm -hmm. what would that mean not only for these two teams, but for the entire NFC? I think, well, you start with if the Cowboys win this game, you look at their division and now it's flipped. And now the Cowboys are the division leaders and the Eagles are now in the wild card. And that, to me, is the biggest takeaway. You can get into the Niners and all of those different things, but you talk about the top of the NFC and if the the Cowboys are able to win this game, and especially in whatever form or fashion they're able to win, I think it just means a ton for the Philadelphia Eagles. Kyle has joked about the cable guy, Mike, that came by his house, and this was weeks ago. Eagles this is when the Eagles were rolling around, and he was an Eagles He is an Eagles fan, and he goes, they're playing really good, but a storm is coming. And mm -hmm. we talked about it, and we're like, a storm? Like, you have one of the best teams in the NFL. Where's the storm? The storm hit last week, and that was the 49ers rolling into town. And you go back and you look at that first game of the Cowboys and Eagles. And if the Cowboys are able to walk away, that opportunities right in the red zone in that game, they weren't able to cap all the way to the last drive of the game. 
And this week has been, everybody's been down on Philly. You're talking about the DBs can't tackle. You have to go and get a linebacker and Shaq Leonard because the linebackers can't get it done. There's so much going on. Jalen Hurts is holding on to the ball for too long. They have to find a way to get the offense going. I think if the Cowboys are able to win this game at home and with the way their offense is playing, the way that Dak Prescott is playing, they put up 40-plus points in their last, I think, four home games. If they're able to have that type of game against Philly, now the start the question mark is, is the storm still here? Is it yeah. going to move yeah. through? Or is this a Philly team where we've watched them win by close margin week after week, and we said with the resilient, they find a way to win. Now is it like, are, have they been exposed? Are there some leaks within this team that now they maybe can't figure things out, which possibly opens up this number one seed where you bring in the Lions and the 49ers and everybody fighting when we talk mm. about those big four. So I think for the Cowboys, it's still going to be, all right, what are they going to do when the playoffs start? But I I think for Philly, if the Cowboys wins this game, it's going to mean a lot more for them for the rest mm. of the season. You know, last week we were talking about, like, who has the edge going into Niners yes. versus mm -hmm. Eagles? And it's psychological, but it's also, hey, we beat you, yeah, but it was without a quarter. And then the Niners came in and just walked all over the Eagles. And yeah. it was like, all right, the Niners have the edge over the Eagles for now, for now. After last week's game, going into their building and winning the way they did. I go back to 2021, not this year, not last year, mm -hmm. 2021, Nick Sirianni's first year. Sure. Week three, it's a Monday night game. Eagles versus Dallas. Both teams are one and one. Yeah. And Sirianni was trying to establish himself a little bit, was trying to get himself familiar with the market a little bit. And he pulled out a tactic that might have felt a little college, but the players kind of responded to it. It was these beat Dallas shirts that they wore all week. Oh, you remember yeah. this? <laughs> this was back in 2021. Beat Dallas. And it, it really did feel like, all right, this is a little college. But this guy's young. He's different. Dallas whooped them that day. They beat them 41 to 21 on a Monday night game. They just took care of business. And Hertz wasn't bad. He had 330 yards, but he did throw the ball uh, to their team twice. And Prescott was amazing. Prescott had three touchdowns, no interceptions. Dallas dominated that day. Mm. I would say since that day, it has been Philly's division. Mm. Philly went to the playoffs the next year, lost to Tampa, but they were the ascending team. And then last year, Philly had this dream season. And all year this year, Philly's been the team in the NFC East and beat the Cowboys. What's at stake? If the Cowboys win this weekend, and I don't know if the Eagles are in second. You might know the tiebreakers better because they'll have the same record and they'd split. Yeah. And we still have a whole season left in the cut. So it's going to be all about who you beat, matchups, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Psychological edge. If the Cowboys, who have been playing red hot, can beat the Eagles in their building. I think it'll be the first time that they've had real control of this division since that game two years ago. Even if the Cowboys had a better record too. Yeah, the Eagles good. are now the team in the perch. If the Cowboys win, it's like, no, 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 no. We've got the edge right now mm. going. And I think that's huge psychologically because I think these two teams might play again in the playoffs. Where are those beat Dallas t-shirts? Right. Kind of reminds me of when the Texans wore those varsity jackets. Letterman oh jackets. Oh, my God, I forgot about oh, that. Never. Connor Barwin and Sean Cody oh, and yeah. Brian Cushing. Yeah. <laughs> Foxborough, Patriots. Whoop yeah, their butts, not too. Good. Yeah. No, Brian Cushing had one yeah. of the jackets. Busting on him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys win... So I have both scenarios here. Here are the stories in order if the Cowboys win. Number one, the number one story is going to be Philly losing because instead of the Cowboys winning because yeah. if it bleeds, it leads, and Philly's suffering and everyone's... That's going to be the number one story. Okay. The number two story if the Cowboys win is going to be Mm, they'll still get crushed by San Francisco. Who cares? That's the number two story. The number three story is going to be whatever David Carr tweets about it, which is hopefully like a thinking face emoji because the Eagles just lost and now they, maybe they should make a quarterback switch. I'll on the other side. All right. If the Cowboys lose 
to Philly. Mm -hmm. The number one story is going to be standard issue Cowboys team. are going to lose in a division round again. We've seen this team before. The number two story, if they lose to Philly, is you lost to the Eagles. How are you going to hang with San Francisco? Like, they, they just destroy the Eagles. Like, it's, you have no shot. And number three story is probably going to be David Carr. So uh, that's like he's inexorably attached to that. I'm actually worried that David Carr, like, if the Eagles do win this whole thing, that, like, Jason Kelsey is going to be in the Mummer's outfit on the steps screaming at J <laughs> about David Carr like he did for, what, what's a Mike Lombardi, Mike Lombardi last time? Uh -huh. Like, he might do it. And I don't want to see David Carr get done like that. But um, I honestly think that Dallas should win this game. Like, I feel like On it's... paper. I do. Like, I think that they're home. I think they're hotter. I think they're healthier. No one is less afraid of any team than Dak Prescott is of the Eagles. Like, even this year when they lost, like, Dak was very good. Yeah. He almost always plays great against them. And I think it's a bigger game for the Eagles than it is for Dallas. Like, the Eagles lose this game. It's, oh, my God, the sky is falling. I mean, Colleen, you can speak to this. We're terrified. Mm -hmm. We're miserable. We're exposed. We're fugazi. We are last year's things. Vikings team. Yeah. I've seen them get compared to the yeah. Vikings from last year. All these close wins in the playoffs. We're like, we never just kind of had it. I think it's a bigger game for Philly than it is for Dallas. If Dallas loses, they're like, all right, well, we'll get them back. And we didn't really think we were going to get the one seed. We'll be in the playoffs and we'll try again. I think it's huge for Philly. And I think Dallas should win. Yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously huge for Philly. It's huge for both teams. But I think it's interesting that the same team that broke the Cowboys' spirit is the one that opened this opportunity for them to now make yeah. some moves yeah. in the seating in the NFC. I mean, both of these teams got blown out by the Niners. Mm -hmm. And at this point, anyone, it, it's really up for grabs. I think psychologically, it's more important for the Eagles because if you look at what has happened since the last meeting with the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys, they beat up on three bad teams, the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, and then the, the Eagles, they had the bye, they beat the Chiefs by four, they squeaked past them. They beat the Bills by three, and then they got smacked by the Niners in a highly dramatic game yes. that involved security guards getting tossed from mm -hmm. the building, and it was just so much went into that game. There was so much yeah. hype around it, all of the trash talk and everything. So Colleen, that is as, such as a, a calm down. I'm sorry to jump in, but this is a huge thing. As a Philadelphian, where do you come out on Big Dom? Like, is, is that... I've known Big Dom since 2008. Is that right? Yeah. Tell and us about So Big Dom is the biggest teddy bear, and he is such a huge part of that organization, yeah. such a huge part of everyone who has come in and out of that building. It's like he is a coach. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I think, where some of, like, the gray areas mm. happened with um, him being on the sideline and that close because he's just been so close to everyone in that organization mm -hmm. for so long and Let such me a ask big you, role. I, I've also known Dom and like, oh, I know Dom too. But when you see everyone on Twitter being like, who's this guy? Aren't you kind of like, no, 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 like that's a, it's not what you think. He's actually like part of the team. And, then be, and he hates Big Dom line. and he's got the Italian flag. You're like, all right, I'm going to let the narrative go. That's it. I mean, I did, I, I was <laughs> laughing when I'm watching Dom and Sirianni with the Italian flag on awesome. their like hats and visors. The like, so if they, okay. let's say San Francisco comes back for the title game, is that like the Big Dom game? It like in be. Philly? Oh. Like is this like win one for Dom? Like, well, I mean, he got a standing ovation and Connor. Barwin was dapping him up as he was yeah, getting the deal. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's Big Dom hoodies out there. That's what I'm saying. Like, I did not order one. Game. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Tom Pelissero has one. The Pell Big Razor. Tom? Yeah, Big Tom. Let's go out to him <laughs> now Tom. because uh, good morning. Let's talk a little bit about Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach. He went through surgery yesterday. So what is the latest with the head coach? And will he be coaching on Sunday night? Colleen, not an ideal start to the week of a huge game for Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy, who underwent surgery 
Wednesday for acute appendicitis. Our Jane Slater reported that the surgery was successful. McCarthy was expected to be released later on Wednesday. The coordinators ran practice in his absence, asked if McCarthy will be out there on Sunday night. Defensive coordinator Dan Quinn responded, and I quote, you think that tough Irishman is going to miss this game? In other words, as long as McCarthy is able to physically be on the sideline, yes, he is going to be coaching in a massive game in the NFC East. In other news, Steelers running back Najee Harris is listed as questionable after not practicing during this short week because of a knee issue. But I am told Najee Harris, barring a setback, is expected to play tonight against the Patriots. This is not a new injury for Najee Harris. He's been managing the knee throughout the season, just didn't feel great coming out of the game, so they wanted to rest him. If this were a normal week, he would practice today Instead, they expect him to play in this game against New England. Meanwhile, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence did not practice Wednesday as he deals with that high right ankle sprain. Lawrence spoke with reporters, said that he was thankful that the injury was not worse. And if he can be out there and move like himself, he intends to be out there this week against the Browns. His backup, C.J. Beathard, also on the injury report with an issue with his non-throwing shoulder. Not expected to be something that keeps Beathard out, though certainly we'll be monitoring both of those throughout the course this week. Colleen? All right, Tom. You know, Tom, I was looking at your background. You have the Christmas garland. I just kind of thought maybe you would match it with a Christmas sweater. I thought um, I was like wearing a tuxedo. It's very early. Hour. I get up. Yes. I get dressed in the dark. I'm like, did I put on the formal wear? No, this is, you know, just normal me. You know what? My bad. Just giving you a hard time. It is early in the morning. We love you. We'll see you in an hour. And maybe you'll have a cardigan on. Who knows what's going to happen? Get crazy over there. Tom Pelissero with the latest around the league. You just kind of look like a groomsman today. It's okay, Tom. <laughs> It's a classic look, look, though. It's a it's a nice suit. This Saturday, a nice showdown coming up. We got well, it's December sixteenth. I know. Week. I'm I'm going to this. I'm very excited about it. I would like to rush it. I'm going to Detroit. I've never been to Detroit. I've it's like one of the last stadiums that I am checking off the list. Great. Great. Game day kickoff begins 10 a.m. Eastern. Then Vikings Bengals at one. Steelers Colts at four. And then Broncos Lions. Finishes out the triple header. It's all exclusively right here on NFL Network. Still to come on GMFB. We're going to go back in time to explore the history of the backup quarterback. Reich, Foles, Peter, who else? Hostetler. Wow, we're talking. We've got them all. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, whether we like it or not, it's been the year of the backup quarterback. You've seen backup quarterbacks in this city, in New York. You've seen backup quarterbacks in about a dozen cities throughout the, week, the year. And I'll tell you, there's a long history of backup quarterbacks in this league. So if you don't think Jake Browning can get the job done or Gardner Minshew or whoever, I point to Nick Foles as an example. I point to Trent Dilfer as an example. There are several backup quarterbacks who have come okay. in 
and led their team to Super Bowl glory. All right. Which leads us to trivia. We should know these. How well do we know our backup Let's go. We should know these. Let's start off with the great Jason McCourty. Can I give me some Jim Sorgi? You want some Sorgi? (laughs) Let's go. Is that it? Wisconsin legend? On Wisconsin, yeah. (laughs) Jason, in 2011, where were you in your career? I was in Tennessee at that time. Okay, how many years in? That was my third year. Okay, Okay. I should know this. Okay. 2011. Which quarterback replacing an injured Matt Schaub and an injured Matt Leinart started a playoff game and beat the Bengals for the Houston Texans. This is a playoff game. Yeah. Was it Seneca Wallace? Was it Case Keenum? Was it Dan Orlovsky? Oh, Dan? Or was it TJ Yates? Okay, so Case Keenum, I know he set Houston ablaze at one point. Uh, Seneca Wallace, I don't, it wasn't Seneca. Dan Orlovsky was running out of the back of the end zone in Detroit. I am going to actually go with D, I think that was T.J. Yates at that point. Uh, any memory season. of T.J. Yates? I remember T.J. Yates in Houston. I remember him uh, in Atlanta as well. Okay. I think it was T.J. Yates. Okay, so let's go to the call. You're going to love this call. You better believe it was Who is Saturday, it? right? Oh, Saturday. I mean, this, oh, man, they couldn't have made this game earlier on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Friday. This, Come is, on. Like, this, this, is, this is Saturday. <laughs> Bengals-Texans, that's your Saturday game. Uh-huh. Tom Hammond. <laughs> Great. Mm. And Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock on the call. Oh, wow. Take a look at who the quarterback is and listen to Mayock and Hammond mention the QB's name. Yates, plenty of time. And going deep for Johnson. Wide open. Got it. Touchdown. Working on Pac-Man Jones, who was just hurt. No footwork. His eyes were in the wrong place. And Andre Johnson just took advantage of it. TJ, that's awesome. Hey, TJ, he was third string. Texans would go on to win 31 to 10. It was Houston's first playoff win in their 10th NFL season. Yates played well, 159 yards, touchdown, no interceptions. Then they would go to Baltimore, and Yates would play well again, but they would lose to the Mm -hmm. Ravens that season on the road. But Mm -hmm. TJ Yates, nice little career he's had. Backup quarterback in the playoffs. It can mm-hmm. be done, Jason McCoy. Yes, it can. I had to Google. I didn't know TJ Yates from? North Carolina. That's right. Oh, UNC. Fifth round pick of the Texans. UNC. Let's go. Colleen, are Drake you ready? Oh, I'm always ready. Okay, great. Which Eagles quarterback replaced Donovan McNabb during the season and beat an Eli Manning-led Giants team in the playoffs mm. in 2006. This backup beat Eli Manning in a playoff game. Okay, well, it wasn't Michael Vick because Vick wasn't there at the same time as McNabb. And Ooh, Kevin Cobb... No, they overlapped. Oh, yeah, just for like a, a second, though. Kevin Cobb was after 06, I think. So give me... Jeff Garcia? Give me Jeff Garcia. 2006, yeah. I like it. That feels like a, a, a Garcia mood. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to Joe okay. Buck and Troy Aikman with the call. A blitz from the Giants. Eagles pick it up. Garcia steps up, throws. Touchdown, Stalwart. When you're outside leverage on a wide receiver and you've got no help from the inside, this becomes a very easy throw and catch for the offense. And Jeff Garcia able to get the ball on him. Yeah. 
Sure is. I remember Brian Westbrook had an insane touchdown run yeah. in that game. And my God, that was like, it was such a long time ago, but it also feels just like yesterday. It was Jeff Garcia who got the win. Garcia then would play for the Buccaneers and play in a playoff game for them the following year. Garcia, <laughs> amazing career. Threw for 153 in a tug that year. It was Garcia's sixth straight win. So they were red hot, uh-huh. five straight to end the regular season. Garcia gets them into the playoffs and then they beat the Giants. They would lose the following week to the Saints mm. in the NFC Division. Remember that massive hit to start the game? Mm. I don't know if it, it was. Oh, yeah. It, was not, it wasn't Lito. Sheldon Brown. Sheldon Brown That's and Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Bush. Sheldon Brown. Yeah, so that, Garcia. Yeah, I mean, it was the biggest hit, I think, of the 21st century. That, that was <laughs> yeah. massive. It was unbelievable. Philadelphia loves a backup quarterback, yeah. and Garcia was it. After that, he was doing all sorts of, like, local car dealership <laughs> yes. commercials. Yeah. I love And this. was just getting all sorts of endorsements. I love it. The King. Yeah, great King. All right, so who hosted SNL? Was it uh, Marg Helgenberger Close. or something like, like that? that. What, what do we got? The Ravens won. <laughs> Mariska Hargitay? Is that who you're talking about? Marg Helgenberger. Oh, got it, got it, got it. The Ravens won the Super Bowl <laughs> in 2000. Yeah. All right, they, I said it. Trent Dilfer left. I recall it yes. well. Brandon okay. Stokely with the touchdown Trent early Stokely, and the game over was the over. Middle. The game was over. Right. Which musical act performed the national anthem the night that Trent Dilfer and the Ravens won the Super <laughs> Bowl good. in 2001? <laughs> All right. Backstreet Boys, TLC, Destiny's Child, Three Doors Down. Three doors down. Well, Backstreet Boys is coming to fight because we're in like World War III with NSYNC at this point for biggest group in the world. Uh-huh. And they had dropped the No Strings Attached album and they had kind of de facto taken the lead. So I think Backstreet Boys might have been out there. TLC, let me put that one aside for a sec. Destiny's Child, I think, might have been too big for the national anthem, although it is the Super Bowl. There's three doors down. You go crazy and call me Superman. <laughs> They're not singing. What are they doing? An alt rock version of the national anthem? No, that's <laughs> three doors down. But they're touring with Creed this this winter. Are they really? Yeah, they're Stop part it. of that. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, all right, I, I'm gonna go with my initial instinct. I hope it's TLC because God, do I love some T-Boz. But I I think it's Backstreet. It was Backstreet. Yeah. Oh, Backstreet. nice. Right, it was an arms race with an sync. You had every, all hands on deck. <laughs> and they bring out the Backstreet Boys, who were Tampa guys. Yeah. No irony, earnestly, the Backstreet Boys performing the national anthem. They did a beautiful job. Pants. Nick Carter was a Tampa native, and he was a big fan of Whitney Houston's rendition of national anthem. Mm. So years later, he revealed that he was nervous because, you know, I can't know if I can do it. And they said they turned down the halftime show. And they said, give us the national anthem instead. The halftime show was one of these group ones where everyone was what? involved. Britney and Nelly and all saying they're like. But wasn't that also in sync in that one? Potentially. Oh. Involved. Give us the national anthem. We want to be on wow. our own. They okay, did it. Cool. They crushed it. All right. Okay. So we're doing pretty well. Uh, Colleen, you got yeah, it. We all got uh-huh. it. Three for three. Great. Ooh, pretty good start. Like it, like it. Oh. Tommy DeVito yeah. isn't the first Italian-American to come in at quarterback and do amazing things. Oh. Which quarterback replaced Pat Hayden and Jeff Rutledge and led the LA Rams to the Super Bowl in 1979. Take a look at the last names here. Dan Pastorini, Jay Venuto, Vince Ferragamo, or Bob Avellini? Gorlami. Oh, oh, this was in, okay, this was in 1979. I'm going to go with C. I like the name. I'm going with Vince. I'm going with C. Like the brand Ferragamo. I will also go Ferragamo. All right, well then I'll zag. I'm going to go with Dan Pastorini. Dan Pastorini. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to win. The most beautiful thing about working on this show is not your three wonderful faces. It is that we have access to the NFL Films archives. And at the drop of a dime and at the the simple snap of a finger, I can get John Facenda's voice on the show. What power? Here is John Facenda 
with the correct answer of the quarterback who led the 79 Rams into the Super Bowl. Vince Ferragamo calmly and coolly out past Roger Starbuck, hitting three long-distance scoring passes. With 11 seconds left in the first half, Ferragamo, clobbered hard as he threw, flashed a lightning strike to Ron Smith. 65,000 Cowboy fans sat silent as the Rams went wild. <laughs> Rams with Vince Ferragamo beat wow. Roger Staubach in the Cowboys. Ferragamo would end the season with four wins at the end of the regular season. Then he threw three touchdowns to beat the Cowboys. Then they go and play the Bucs in the NFC title game, beats them, and then almost beat the Bradshaw Steelers in Super Bowl XIV, but they just didn't have enough. So Vince Ferragamo is a backup quarterback that we love in the history of the game. So fun. I can't believe you zagged. We had a perfect record. Yeah. And then you had to be different, Kyle. I thought it was Roberto Benigni. He was not the guy. He won an Oscar. That's right. Beat Saving Private Ryan. You Mm. Make it make sense. Life is beautiful. Great segment. Dominic DeCoco. (laughs) DeCoco. All right, coming up, the Bills. They're 6-6. Six and six. It's kind of crazy at this point. Can they salvage their playoff hopes? This week, they got the Chiefs. Huge matchup. Do or die. We're going to answer a bunch of questions about this matchup coming up. Don't, don't worry. We got Pat Steelers tonight, guys. We'll get there. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We've got a huge matchup in the AFC coming up on Sunday. The three-seed Chiefs, they're hosting the Bills at Arrowhead. Buffalo sitting in the 10-seed right now with a 500 record. And as we take a look right here at the playoff picture, they need every win they can get if they want to make the postseason. Josh Allen was asked about the team's mindset yesterday considering their backs are against the wall. We got a lot of a lot of trust in this locker room, a lot of confidence in each other, and that's, that's what it's going to take going forward. We're going to have to to believe it to do it. And uh, this is a, a team that I feel like believes it. So now we got to go out there and execute, put the product on the field. And uh, like I said, take it one game at a time because can't win them all this week. You know, we can only win one this week, and that's going to be our focus going from here on out. It's essentially playoff time for us. We understand that. So, you know, we got to play our best ball. Can't win them all this week. So it's one step at a time, one game at a time. How can the Bills keep their playoff hopes alive now against the Chiefs? This Peter. is my favorite time of the year. Yeah. It's playoff percentage season. Ooh. It's where we break down the teams that have just a slimmer of a chance. And mm-hmm. then you got another one, and it's like, well, we got if we get this and this and this. Right now, as we enter this week, mm-hmm. the Buffalo Bills have a 14% chance 14. of making the playoffs. That's not good. It's not just the Chiefs that they have to play. They play the Cowboys still. They still have to play the Dolphins again. 14% chance. And this is a true test of that locker room. Because some teams say 14% chance, well, then it's over. We lost the season in Philly. It's done. And the bye week was nice, but it was probably too late. And And then there's those few teams in NFL history that look at that and say, so you're telling me there's a chance. Mm -hmm. And they look at each (laughs) other. And you look at Josh Allen and Kyle, to your point, 
Josh, you were on the cover of Madden this year, not two years ago. Not for, you're the best player by the fans and by the EA folks this year. And oh, you look at Vaughn Miller, like, okay, you're on the field still. You are a $120 million defender. Can you lead us and get us some, some big plays to help us get that defense in order so we're not giving up 500 yards and that we could somehow win? There have been injuries. There have been coordinators fired. There has been all sorts of turmoil in that building. But they're going to a place that they're not scared of. Mm-hmm. They've won an Arrowhead before. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen has had some of his best games in Arrowhead before. Even the playoff game they lost, Josh Allen would probably say that's his best game as an NFL professional. That place is not a house of horrors for the Buffalo Bills. And this season should not necessarily be a house of horrors for the Bills. 14% chance. Look at each other in the locker room. You had a long bye. No team is more rested. Figure it out. You've got still plenty of football left to go. And there is an 86% chance you will not make the playoffs, mm. but you can't focus on that. Focus on the 14. When you say Arrowhead, do you mean Allenhead? Oh, <laughs> I'm just joking. Burrowhead was not the thing to no, do. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But you, you hinted about it. He's played pretty well there in that great playoff game. I don't think everybody understands how well he has played there. Four games yeah. at, at Arrowhead Stadium. Look at the numbers that Josh Allen's put up at that formidable place. All right? 315 passing, 61 rushing. He throws so many interceptions. 12 to 1, and the one that he threw was four years ago? Passer rating 114. He's spectacular. Not good, not great, spectacular. Now, he's 2 and 2. He doesn't always win. We know sometimes that doesn't come down to what he does there, but like, he plays better at Arrowhead than he does in Buffalo. Like, it is, he is so comfortable there. And he had this cool quote last year about when he was going there in the regular season, a game which they won and talking about the atmosphere and the volume there. And he was like, it is the loudest stadium in the world, but it also can be the quietest stadium in the world. Mm. Oh, Josh, I just got goosebumps. Look at you. And he can say that because he is completely unaffected by the noise. A lot of people go in there and shrink. He's amazing in that stadium. So you go in there, you ride him. It's going to be a big 17 game. The legs are fresh. You're off the bye. He's locked in. He was asked yesterday, somebody floated him the question about, hey, have you, have you thought about that Taylor Swift might be there? And he goes, you know, they, they always have a great atmosphere there. I'm looking forward to that atmosphere. It wasn't even engaging. Bam, right through it. No laugh, no wink, no, no I'm going to play ball with you. Locked in. Uh, I think, I've said this before, I think the Bills are in a double elimination tournament right now, meaning they can lose once the rest of the season, probably still make the playoffs. I know you said 14%. Yeah. If you lose two games, it's a wrap. You're, you're a 500 team. I think you have to go 4-1 and one and finish 10-7. and seven. So it's like, they know what time it is. They know He's played better in that stadium in those games than Mahomes has played, and that's his home stadium. So keep doing that. Hopefully the defense gets a few breaks. I don't know what they're showing up with, but you got to ride 17. Jay, you talk about sometimes, this is a classic Superman game. You have to be incredible. I mean, rush for 100, yep. throw for 380, yep. like you, you're going to have to go nuts in this game, and he can. I, I, yeah. I, I want to just jump in and yeah. ask you, because you obviously, you did the, the podcast with Josh Allen last year, like, mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen Josh Allen in this, we've always been the young yeah. upstart guy going for it, but he then got crowned, yep. and now he's the guy that's got to carry the team from the depths, like mm-hmm. we've never seen that from Josh Allen yet, where we need four wins in five weeks, something like that. Do you think this is rare air for him? Is he ready for that ride? Yeah, probably rare air even in college and high school. Like, Josh, we're in the playoffs now at this point. Like, just win every single week. You have to do whatever the hell you can. And there's this whole other thing where, like, 
let's say he does win this weekend and he does have the Superman game. Like, there's going to be an actual Josh Allen MVP conversation come storming back oh with God. Purdy and Hurts because his numbers are huge. So I don't think he has been in the situation, but I can't wait because with that Josh Allen aggressiveness that sometimes I call craziness, mm-hmm. like, he may unleash the beast this weekend. He may be hurdling people, lateraling, all that stuff, whatever he has to do. That always yep. makes me yeah. nervous, though, when sure. you have Josh Allen putting all that pressure yep. on him and yeah. saying that he's got to do it part and he's got to carry the team. And it's like, I, I don't know if I want to see that Josh Allen because a lot of times that's Precious. the one that's like a little out of control and a little yeah. hero ball-esque. But then on the flip side, when you get him locked in, it's one of the best performances that you've seen. No doubt about it. And that's what we all say as analysts is they got to find other people to get involved. But the truth of the matter is, it is Josh Allen. When they've won and they've been at their best, it has been him. And you talk about him being in rare air. This matchup we've seen the last few years, every time these teams are playing, especially if it's a game this late in the season, usually going in, we're like, all right, they're going to be playing for who's going to have home field, who's going to get the bye week. And Kyle, you just said it. This is the Josh Allen that we need to see if we're going to talk about the Bills making the playoffs. He made throws in that drive. He jumped over a man in that drive. And this is the type of play you need from him. In the last two weeks, they have gotten that play. He's thrown for over 600 yards in the last two weeks. And it's two interceptions. One of them was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. And then Bradbury got him on the other one. So you talked about offensive coordinator change. Joe Brady, that's been different for him. But they're going to need to put it on his back. If they're going to go to the playoffs, Kyle, to your point, Josh Allen's going to be in the MVP conversation because the only way that 14% is fulfilled, he goes on an absolute tear, and we see the best version of him game in and game out. That's limiting the interceptions, but there are going to be a few. There's going to be a fumble or two in that because that is the style in which he plays, but it's going to incorporate him running over people, jumping over people, and throwing the ball 50, 60 yards in the air if they're going to make the playoffs because like different players have said that have been involved it all goes off of 17. They don't use his name. They just go 17 because that's the caliber of player he is. And we saw the vintage Josh Allen mm-hmm. against the Eagles at the end of that game, definitely in the second half. But it can't all be on Josh Allen. Yeah. They have to run the ball, and they've been doing that with Joe Brady. Last two games, they've used that rotation of James Cook, of Latavius Murray, of Ty Johnson now. Ty Johnson now getting more touches with Joe Brady in there. He's catching the ball out of the backfield, too. He had a touchdown in the game against the Jets. But last three games, if you go back to the game before Joe Brady took over, Broncos, Jets, and Eagles, the Bills are averaging 165 rushing yards per game, and the Chiefs' run defense has been an issue. Last seven games, they're allowing a ton of rushing yards per game. Only twice this season, they've kept opponents under 100 rushing yards. Mm. Nick Bolton, his absence has played into that. He's trending to play this week, so could be a little bit more of an issue than before, but they need to run the ball. Yeah. So We'll talk we'll Chiefs tomorrow, too. Like we, They have this whole side of it we have to get no to. No doubt about it. I was watching the, the Josh Allen press conference yesterday. It's just he's asked, been asked so many times about the Chiefs and Mahomes, and like he just sticks to the script. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, is this something extra when it's you against Patrick? They want it out of him so bad. And he'll always say, you know, Patrick's one of the great guys and is even an even better person than he is a player. He has this so <laughs> yeah. straight script that he does every time. But then they'll go at it. Can't wait. Yeah, but also like he's six and six right now, so he can't be That's he true. can't be cute in can't the press like conferences right. either. Be cute. Let's flip it to the NFC where we have another matchup with major playoff implications: the one seed Eagles taking on the five seed Cowboys and these two quarterbacks 
Well, no doubt they're going to put on a show. They're going to show out for everyone. But before either one of them take a snap on Sunday, I need to know this. Who has the better case for MVP right now? Is it Jalen Hurts? Or is it Dak Prescott? It's a it's a matter of the moment. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a couple of weeks ago it would have been Hurts, but now Prescott's hot, and we're not going to know this year's MVP until Week 17 or Week mm -hmm. 18, which is really cool. I think there's been runaways in the past seasons. There's been some where it's like, well, now that it's all said and done, we look up and Brady's got the best record, and he actually led the league in passing. It's like this one is each week. It's is it Purdy? Is it Hurts? Is it Prescott? Right now, if I have to make a vote. I would say, please don't make me make a vote and let me see because I think this game this weekend will determine between these two. Like I, if Prescott goes out there and he has had a lot of success against the Eagles, especially in Dallas, and has had no problem going up with that Eagles defense, if he goes out there and throws for 350 and three touchdowns and the Eagles mm -hmm. lose to the Cowboys, like Dak is in that conversation. Jalen Hurts obviously has been the lead dog this whole time. But like, what if he goes out there and he throws for 350 and two yeah, touchdowns yeah. and he runs for it? Jalen Hurts is in the conversation. I love that both these quarterbacks are in there. If I have to make a pick right now trending this way, I'd say probably Prescott's my vote over Hurts just because of what he's done the last month. Yeah. It feels like who, who deserves to win the baseball game in the seventh inning? Like I, <laughs> we got a couple big innings <laughs> yeah, left yeah. to play, guys. we got some big outs out there. I've said this before. I'm, I'm going from the hip on this. I have this feeling this year that there's going to be co-MVPs. It rarely what? happens. Really? Rarely. It was uh, McNair and Manning and then Barry and Favre at the same time. There's too many people at the table. I think we'll figure some things out. But the Brock Purdy case is really strong. If Tyreek hits 2,000 and the Dolphins are the one seed, his case is really strong. Josh Allen could come running. Like, McCaffrey's at the table. There's too many people at the table. We'll figure some things out here. It's not going to be five people, but it could yeah. be three or even two. I think it might be co-MVP. Maybe it's these guys. I don't know. It's a very interesting take of you saying that because we feel like this late, there's always been, like, even last year was, all right, we got Hurts and Mahomes. Those two are the lead dogs and whoever finishes out. And I think to your point of, I think it might be even different of just the co-MVPs. If you mentioned Tyreek Hill, I think this might be the year where maybe it's possibly not a quarterback. I if hope one so. of these guys do something, if the quarterbacks don't really separate themselves of how do you choose between, to your point, right now it would be Dak between these two. Yes. But if Hurts has a huge <laughs> game, but we're only talking about them two, it easily could possibly be somebody saying, but wait, Brock Purdy has been unbelievable. So I think if the quarterbacks are too much of a mismatch, maybe it's another guy. Yeah, it changes week to week depending on how each quarterback's game goes and what yeah. the what the flow of the season is like because right now it's Dak Prescott just because they have won so many games. Dak's numbers are absolutely eye-popping right now. And for Jalen Hurts, like he has whatever's going on with his knee. He also came into the season with a new offensive play caller, new offensive system, had to adapt to that, has thrown a, a lot more interceptions than he did last season. So Dak is kind of... He has everyone with the story and the numbers, but the way that the season is, it's like Lamar at one point was like the top guy. I'll and say this. It if just Jalen changes. Hurts sweeps Dak Prescott. I don't want to hear any more about Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott as the MVP. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if they get swept by this the Eagles and they don't win the division, I know. well then no. We're gonna keep getting into this. I, I've noticed I'm reading about the Purdy case. It's the slights against Purdy that he always throws behind the line of scrimmage is ludicrous. It's objectively wrong. And he's always surrounded by too many weapons. And it's like Jalen Hurts has been given every toy to play yeah, with weapons. by Howie Roseman uh -huh. everywhere. It's stupid. So we'll get into it. But didn't he yeah. not throw a pass like over 15 yards this past Sunday? Not in or the air. Yeah. Not in the air. But, but over, people, you talking about Purdy? Yes. But over the season, he has a lot. Oh, oh no doubt right. about it. But that, like, that's what people like to point yes, out. Correct. Oh, we can really get into the nitty gritty of it. There's plenty of time people. left. Just five weeks of the regular season. Stafford I kind of cannot believe that. Matthew Stafford. My guess. Fitz. Fitz has been a backup. He's been a starter. He's done everything. He's going to join us. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.